spiritual and rich, an oxymoron. A few weeks ago, I was listening in on a teleconference hosted by a highly paid spiritual trainer. During the Q&A section, one caller asked the question, if you're so spiritual, why aren't you giving this information away for free? I thought this was an excellent question. After all, many of us struggle with this issue on a daily basis. Are we allowed to earn a living from anything to do with spirituality? Where's the line? Is it okay to earn just enough to scrape by, but not okay to become wealthy? Is it okay to be spiritual and rich? Many people who are spiritual carry a great amount of guilt around with them when it comes to money, as if money were somehow evil. For many, spirituality equals poverty, and some even take pride in the fact that they own only the bare necessities. Particularly those of us who want to dedicate ourselves to this work full-time often have a hard time reconciling our need to earn a living and our desire for things with the belief that all spiritual value needs to be provided in the form of charity. But what is money exactly? Money is energy, just like everything else. And energy is neutral. It's not good or bad. But let's back up for a second. The universe exists in perfect energetic balance. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It may not always seem like it, but Newton's law of motion applies to the vibrational world just as much as the physical one. So when you send out energy, you're going to get equal energy back. When you provide value, you're sending out energy. And the universe will provide you with an equal amount of energy or value in return. It must. It's a law. Of course, this energy or value can take many forms, and the law of attraction cannot bring you energy in a form which you will not allow. So if you have a belief that a certain manifestation of energy is bad, the universe will find a different way to repay you. So back to money. Money is simply energy. Actually, it's a very convenient way to bring energy into your life. It's much simpler for the universe to bring money into your reality than to simply drop a house down in front of you. By the way, this isn't because it's actually more difficult for the energy to line up, but because it's so much easier for you to believe the idea of money being generated rather than a house just coming to you in some way. You can exchange money for anything you like. You can buy food, pay rent, go to a movie, or buy a car. Whatever it is that you want or need, the energy of money can provide it. It's a generic, convenient, and utterly versatile form of energy. And that's all. Let's say you're a healer, and you provide an energy healing to a client who's a farmer. Would it be all right if that client gave you a sack of potatoes as payment? Most spiritual people see no problem with this. They have no resistance to bartering or receiving food. Food, after all, is a necessity. But there's no difference energetically or spiritually speaking between receiving a sack of potatoes and receiving the equivalent in cash. They're both just energy. It's only our judgment of one form of energy as bad that makes us reluctant to let it into our lives. There's no difference, energetically speaking, between creating value by spiritual means or building a house. They're both just different ways to send out energy as well. We create value by sending out energy. You can send out energy in the form of love or healing, in the form of music, 
words, thoughts, or physical action. It doesn't matter how you do it. When you break each one of these down to its base components, you're simply flowing energy. The universe doesn't judge one form of energy, a coaching conversation that puts an end to years of emotional pain as worth less than another form of energy, working in an office for eight hours. This is a belief that we humans came up with all on our own. Many of us have been taught that to be humble, to be poor, to suffer, to accept without questioning is somehow virtuous. This antiquated belief is nothing more than a vibration which exists in this world. Even if our parents didn't teach us the actual ideas, we could easily have picked it up in childhood. Others' vibrations can affect us if we're not living consciously, but it's a false belief. It negates Newton's law of motion. This belief states that you should provide as much value as possible or send out vast amounts of energy and get nothing in return. Not only should you not expect the energy to come back, but to go without it is actually something to strive for. Many of us have actually been taught to block the returning energy in an attempt to be more morally upright. This creates a vibrational discord. It doesn't feel good. If you're providing value, it's the natural order for you to receive value back. The more value you provide, the more energy you'll receive in return. Whenever I see a person who earns a lot of money, I always think, they must provide a lot of value to the world. If you just smirked at that statement, congratulations. You've just uncovered a limiting belief. At this point, I can hear a question coming on. But what about those who are spiritual but seem to be out only for the money? They may have started off with good intentions, but along the way, they became greedy and stopped providing value. The money corrupted them. First of all, money doesn't corrupt people. Money is energy. When more energy flows into your life, everything gets bigger, including your negative beliefs. The corruption was always there. But as the energy increases, as there's more money, it just manifests in a bigger and bigger way. What's at the root is a belief system, not the money. Let's say a spiritual teacher starts off with good intentions. He provides a great deal of value, begins to earn a lot of money, and more and more energy begins to flow into his life. He has an underlying fear that whatever money he earns, he'll eventually lose. As the money grows, so does the fear, until all he can focus on is the money. He takes his focus off of providing value and puts it onto his fear of losing his wealth. The first thing that's going to happen is that his fear-based vibration will begin to attract a very different kind of student. These new students will be a vibrational match to his new vibration. They'll complain about the fees, make late payments, drop out of his programs early, and hijack his seminars with irrelevant and argumentative questions. His business will change. He'll no longer be providing the same kind of value he was before. He'll see the change in his students not as evidence of his vibration, but as proof that his fears are valid, which will in turn increase his fears. Eventually, if he doesn't clean up his vibration, the students will fall away or some other kind of event will bring about a massive financial loss. But there's no need for you to worry about becoming a victim of someone like this. If you as a student are not a match to this new fear-based vibration, 
you'll no longer resonate with that teacher. And providing you pay attention to what you resonate with, you'll be compelled to go and find someone else. Do you see how the money in and of itself actually has nothing to do with the spiritual teacher's actions? It was his fear of losing the money, his underlying belief system that was at fault. What underlying beliefs do you have about money? Here's something to think about. As spiritual people, we're focused heavily on providing as much value as possible. Unless we're somehow blocking this energy from flowing back to us, and given that money is the most convenient way for the universe to return that energy to us, it follows that spiritual people should actually be among the wealthiest in the world. What a wonderful, happy thought. Asara and I have been doing yoga for quite some time, but we both know that a lot of people are not used to yoga. They may have never tried it or they may have seen it but don't know a whole lot about it. So what we've decided to do is during the month of May, we're hosting a 30-day yoga challenge. During this time, we're going to teach you everything there is to know about yoga. You're going to learn the history of yoga, the different types of yoga, how to identify the different yogic equipment that they use during the practices. We have tips for beginners, different types of meditation, and you're actually going to get 30 guided sessions. Every single day during this challenge, you'll receive it in your email box. There is no cost to take this course, so it's something that we really want everybody to be able to participate in. So again, it's free. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below to sign up for it. We're going to start this on May 1st. It's going to go through May 1st through the 31st. So it's during the month of May because of Mother's Day. So we thought this would be a wonderful gift to give to the females, especially the women in our sisterhood sorority, those Golden Race members, and basically anybody that's following along or tuning in, we invite you to come and partake within this free gift that we have for you in honor of Mother's Day. Yoga is just a wonderful practice that we encourage everybody to begin to do. It builds strength, it can help to reduce stress, it will improve your flexibility, increase your muscle tone, definition, helps with balance, and it just helps to balance the mind, the body, and the spirit. So this is a wonderful opportunity, again, for everybody. It doesn't have to be for females only. Men, you're welcome to participate as well, but we're doing it in honor of Mother's Day. So make sure that you click that link below so that you can get on that list and start receiving all that information during the month of May. Take advantage of this free course that we have just for you for Mother's Day. The best radio station in the world in the world is right here right now. The Golden Race, conscious radio for the conscious community.